figured I should kick off with a quick episode about the new New York abortion law uh, called S2796, since it's an important subject to a lot of people and I've been getting some very good questions about it. If you've been following my social media posts at all, then you've seen me debunk a lot of the lies surrounding it, but just in case you're new to the conversation, here is what the statute actually says. Section 2 of the bill creates a new Article 25-A of the Public Health Law, which states that an abortion may be performed by a licensed, certified, or authorized practitioner within 24 weeks from the commencement of pregnancy, or, note the or, there is an absence of fetal viability, or, another or, meaning this is separate from all these other conditions, or at any time when necessary to protect a patient's life or health. So all of those ors are important. I'll get into why here in a minute, but now a lot of people have been rushing to try to distort what that statute means. They're saying things like it only applies to life-threatening situations, or it's only when the baby needs to be aborted for the mom to survive, which is not a thing, by the way. Babies never need to be aborted to save the mother. They need to be delivered. They might die in the process of delivery, but you do not need to kill them first. So just a heads up. People like to say that. So anyway, the people who are saying those things are either purposefully lying or they are very misinformed about the statute. Um, The wording of the statute clearly states that a woman can kill her baby at any time for almost any reason. Like I said, those ors mean that that last clause says an abortion may be performed at any time to protect the patient's health. So it does not have to be life-threatening, just health-related. Um, So that would include things like having high blood pressure or anxiety or any number of issues that fall under the umbrella of health. You just have to have one of those and you can be eight months pregnant with a fully viable baby and you can still kill that child, which any reasonable person recognizes that that is an atrocious law. Like anyone who's just being honest recognizes that that is disgusting, which is why so many people are trying really hard to make it seem like the statute says something that it really doesn't say, to which I have a question for those people. If you have to spread so much misinformation about this new law to make it seem less horrible, then doesn't that suggest that it's pretty horrible? I mean, rather than doing all of these mental exercises to justify it or adding things to it that aren't there, why don't you just admit that it's horrible in its current state and demand that it be changed to a less appalling version of it? Why do you need to lie about it? I don't get that part. So that's a question that I'm left with. Another question I have is, doesn't this law pretty much demolish the whole pro-choice argument that abortion isn't about killing babies? I know lots of people love to say that really young babies in the womb are just clumps of cells, which if you're a mom, you know that that is just incorrect. But we're talking about eight and nine month old babies in the womb. What about them? So There's no question that an eight or nine month old baby is a sentient human being with a capacity for pain and this law says you can kill them. And yet I have not seen any pro-choicers denouncing it. So my second question is, does that mean that pro-choicers are done with the whole abortion is okay because babies aren't really human beings argument? If they're being intellectually honest, then they do have to abandon that argument and change it to killing babies is okay even when they're inarguably sentient human beings who can live outside the womb and have a capacity for pain. You can still kill them whenever you want to for just about any reason. 
That apparently is the new pro-choice position, and it defeats one of their most popular arguments for abortion. It's also blatantly evil, so I can understand why many people would like to pretend like it's not. Some other quick thoughts um, that I've had after engaging in and creeping on a lot of different Facebook debates for the last few days, um, I've noticed the same tiresome tactics like just screaming my body, my choice is not a compelling argument. I honestly don't care what women do with their bodies. I do care about what women do with their babies. Murdering your baby isn't okay. If you think murdering babies is okay and necessary for life happiness, then I think you should feel some shame and you should do some soul searching. As for other arguments like what if a woman is raped or what if the baby is going to be born in poverty, I don't think many people realize this, but when you talk like that, you're talking about eugenics. You think that because someone is conceived at the wrong time or in the wrong circumstances or will be born with some kind of perceived disadvantage, which all of these are subjectively determined by someone else's feelings, that they don't deserve to live. And the implications of that approach to human life are terrifying. And unsurprisingly, the founder of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, was a eugenicist, and she thought she was acting very morally in her quest to eradicate what she called human weeds. Based on her subjective feelings about the value of their lives, she decided that forced sterilization and euthanasia were good ways to reduce undesirable population. Interestingly, though, even she thought that abortion was an appalling practice. Hers is not exactly a worldview that most people would like to be associated with, and yet so many pro-choicers and leftists revere Planned Parenthood like it's some kind of sacred temple. There's not really a good argument for being pro-choice. If you have to be pro-choice for some reason, it makes the most sense to only support abortion in the most extreme of cases. But the pro-choice movement is only getting more extreme in what it allows people to do to their pre-born children. And regardless of your political affiliation, you should demand less extremism. You do not have to be religious or conservative to recognize that murdering a full-term, fully viable baby in the womb is immoral and should not be legal. And I'll just finish this up on one last quick note. Um, I've seen some pretty ridiculous attempts by people to desperately deflect from the real issue at hand, which is murdering babies. And there's kind of a noticeable trend in the types of people that try these deflection tactics. Not always, but quite often, the people who do this are uh, kind of bitter, paranoid type women or desperate approval-seeking men, kind of, you know, your male feminist type. Um, one of their deflections looks like shaming women for not being pro-choice. Um, you know, they kind of try to frame it like if you're not pro-choice, then you're not pro-woman. Uh, this is a really dumb argument considering that 50% of American women are pro-life, um, as are many women around the world. In fact, the pro-choice cult is generally limited to white, privileged, secular, elitist type people. So the attempt to make it seem like murdering babies is the obvious choice for all women is absurd. 
Um, another thing they might try to do is make it a conversation about male privilege or some other kind of nonsense like that. You see that when like a pro-life man makes an argument against abortion. And so then another man feels the need to be the white knight and come in and defend, you know, all the helpless pro-choice women who might be subjected to a belief that is different from their own. Um, honestly, when that happens, it's just kind of funny, uh, especially when you consider progressive people's extremely convoluted understanding of sex and gender. Oh, man, it's it's a mess. I actually saw a conversation where one white guy got really mad at another white guy for, quote, telling women what to do with their bodies. You know, you hear that a lot. And then I'm not kidding. One of the next comments on that thread, which it was not meant to be funny or ironic or anything, it was... You bigots, men can have babies too. Yes. So, okay. Men can have babies too, apparently. Um, So even if we pretend like that's not a completely insane statement, which it obviously is, but let's pretend like it's true, then doesn't that totally negate the whole male privilege thing? I mean, if a man can also have a baby, then shouldn't a man be able to weigh in on the topic of abortion without being accused of male privilege? Did you, didn't you just erase your entire male privilege argument in one dumb comment? And then lastly, one of the last tactics these people try is calling you a religious bigot or something like that. In that case, it's pretty simple. They are just projecting their own bigotry onto you. Um, lots of pro-choicers, particularly if they are on the extreme left side of the political spectrum, absolutely hate Christians. And the fact that they hate people because of their religious beliefs makes them, by definition, bigots. Um, and not to mention, they're so mind-bogglingly inconsistent about this. Any devout Muslim is a pro-life person, um, but you'll never see a deranged leftist attacking them for it. And that's because they have a very deep prejudicial hatred for Christians specifically, while generally having a very misinformed understanding of Christianity. And really, you know, all of that boils down to the fact that they are the very thing that they claim to hate, which is they are ignorant and they are bigoted. So honestly, there's not a lot you can do with people like that aside from politely trying to engage them in some truth-seeking. Uh, if they don't want to address the deeper issues, then you don't need to spend your energy on them. Um, I would say save that for people who are able to handle diverse opposing viewpoints and are actually interested in factual information rather than just kind of talking points and emotional appeals. And I know it doesn't always seem like it, but there are people like that out there and they are on social media. Um, and there, there are these people who aren't so committed to an agenda that they are willing to possibly change their minds based off of facts and intellectual and moral honesty. So when you share truth on social media, just do it with those people in mind. So with that, uh, thank you to everyone who fought the good fight against misinformation this week. There was a lot of it, but I saw some very good conversations happening. And I just say, keep up the good work. And Thanks, and I'll see you next time.